Welcome to First Aid Copites, a podcast for Delaware's Liverpool supporters and their friends. Hey, thanks for joining Hytham and me, Paul, on this special edition where we're looking at the exciting women's Euros. Um, we've just got through four quarterfinals, which finished up on Saturday. Um, and I think one of the reasons we're doing this kind of separate segment is because if you haven't watched these games, uh, you, you've only got three games left to see what you've been missing. Um, we'll talk about the standard. We think it's very high. Uh, we might argue about exactly where it measures, but I think there's no doubt it's 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 far it's at a half far higher level technically than uh, MLS. Let's start there. So, um, so hey, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to review all four of the quarterfinals, and then spend a few minutes. Um, at the end, looking at uh, kind of what, what we think will happen in the semifinals. Um, but let's let's start with, I think, I think the game that we probably chatted most about was um, was, was France and Netherlands, which is the last of the, the games. Um, the, I mean, there's some weird numbers for this game. Um, I think uh, France outshot Netherlands kind of something like three to one, I think it was 30 odd. To, uh, to to nine, um, they had an XG, which um, there's some question mark about how they calculate. Well, they use men's stats to calculate the women's XG, which is a bit weird. But um, the XG of France was 4.69. Uh, and somehow they needed a penalty to win it. Well, I guess the penalty was 0.75 of that uh, uh, 4.69. Um, they also have the, the, the leader in the tournament for attempts on goal, which is Wendy Renard. Um, and she still hasn't scored, by the way. Um, but they 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 looked, apart from the, on on the goal side, they looked a really really competent team. Um, what, what stood out to you about them um, as we we think about the you know the kind of their chances maybe of winning the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I start talking about that game, I just wanted to go back to your uh, standard per se. What you say? <laughs> I, I I think you know personally it's more exciting and just a pleasure to watch. Uh, I would think more than the bottom uh, twelve teams in the uh, Premier League. So that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, uh, there was way more quality on view than uh, there was in the Minnesota United Everton game the other day. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know the match was 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 really good. I think it kind of highlighted, or in line with how France has played in the tournament. You know, they they just except for that <clears throat> first match, they've always created chances, and you know uh, just managed to miss a lot of chances, and uh, uh, you know. I would think even the uh, their last <clears throat> excuse me uh, group match, uh, which ended up in in a draw with Iceland, I thought they should have won easily by two or three, uh, and it kind of carried over to this match, uh, the the quarterfinal. I think you know you know it's it's very obvious that they are missing uh, a total. They're uh, Number nine, who yeah. got injured earlier in the tournament. 
so they tried to play Millard in there, and and she's good, you know. Um, she runs behind the line. She's always in good positions, but her finishing touch is um, not there. Um, and and you know a big reason is she's she's pretty young. I think she's the youngest French goal scorer, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So she's uh, uh, and then you know even when when in the second half when uh, they made a change and put Diani up there and Diani is is, is is fantastic by the way. Um, I mean the way she was just doing the link up from defense to offense and taking players over. It's so hard to <laughs> take the ball away from her. Yeah. Um, but they put her you know uh, up top and 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 she basically lost. Uh, her influence in the match. Then uh, towards the end, uh, they uh, subbed in Saar, who's a you know quick player, uh, quick number nine. Again, just uh, missing um, you know that final touch. Yeah. Um, I think she had like a, a couple of chances where it was uh, in front of goal, uh, but she mishit most of all of them pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a team, um, France. That is, it's a team full of uh, uh, aggressive, talented player. Uh, Karshawi on on on, on uh, the left, uh, the left back is just phenomenal. And then Basha came in in the yeah. second half, and and, and she just because it it, it kind of got stagnant towards the end of uh, the first half. But Basha came in and, and she created a lot of chances. Uh, she had a, a few shots. Um, also, I, I don't want to uh, uh, forget Cascarino because she's just, you know, I feel like, you know, she's the best player on that team. Um, and, and she, I think she had uh, one shot that hit the post. Um, and, and she's just, I think, you know, if, if she works... <laughs> I don't know if she needs to work on on, on her her uh, finishing, uh, but if she gets better at it, you know she can be scoring so many goals at whatever tournament she's in, even the league. I think certainly fair to say that they all need to work on their finishing, right? Because without uh, Katoto, they do look like they're gonna they they might struggle to score. Um, you know, a few 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 different things. I think that that were. Uh, I, mean, I mean, just the depth they seem to have actually just. I I I'd only seen uh, Backer from Lyon play once, and that was in the Champions League final what about a month ago. Uh, she she looked, I don't know. It's like why, why wasn't she in the starting eleven? Well, they've got see, the starting eleven wasn't bad. Um, I think Matteo too. Matteo, yeah. I thought Matteo is is you know has been their best midfielder, and and um, I was just I didn't know why she did not start that match. I, you know, I thought maybe she's suspended. Maybe she's injured, and then I think ten minutes before the end of the match, um, she was, you know, on the touchline uh, getting ready to come in. I'm just like, <laughs> what happened there? And actually, the 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 assist, uh, to, the pass to, you know, that led to the penalty was from her. That's the type of player that she is. She's really good at uh, finding openings and, and and moving the ball. Yeah, and the coach comes came into the tournament with a reputation for being someone who. Uh who fell out with people and, and dropped stars because there's a whole collection of people who weren't actually in the 22. Um, but I, I think just, just looking at it from, uh, I think one of the things to say about the French actually is, I think uh, uh, Gayoro's 
had a hat trick in the first game, and this looked, in terms of her stats, a complete anomaly. Um, and I think uh, her misses, well, the miss uh, on, the other day suggested that yes, indeed, the hat trick was quite an anomaly in terms of her, which is unfortunate because they they definitely need someone to uh, take the chances that they're creating. Um, it's worth giving a bit of credit though to a couple of people in the Dutch team. I think um, the Dutch goalie Van Domselaar, who came in to the tournament with one cap um, and uh, a kind of one level, made some excellent saves and several from uh, Wendy Reynard, who we mentioned. Uh, and then Van der Graft, uh, it's hard to know, really, was she was she in the right place at the right time or was like Mallard a bit panicked about where she was hitting the shots? Anyway, um, she clearly got in the way of a couple of shots and I think was quite, you know, through the game, uh, probably broke up a couple of the attacks that were, were, were really dangerous. So there, there was... Some- she, she, she tried to, uh, you know... Uh- Playing the offense towards the end of the match just because she's a little bit taller, but then they have uh, Ronald. So, okay. uh, just for headers, you know, from, from crosses and all that stuff. But, uh, the, the, you know, the interesting thing to me is the fact that she doesn't have a team at this point. Um, yeah. cause she, la- she lastly played for Ajax and, and I think they haven't renewed, um, her contract. So I, I guess, you know, the silver lining is it's, it's a really, uh, good display that, you know, uh, club teams in, in in Europe and anywhere else can can look at her even here in the states. Yeah, um, you know, um, can look at her and be like, hey, this is a player that still got uh, a lot to give, and you know, maybe they will take her in in their squads. So, so I, one, one interesting thing actually was anytime they mentioned someone who was available, I was thinking, oh, should Liverpool be picking them up? Should Liverpool because <laughs> uh, because Liverpool already picked up a Dutch. I think striker who did not make this squad, but has been in previous squads. Um, so yeah, yeah, and then you know, just one thing is, um, you know, another thing about the Dutch team, um, just Miedema, and even before she got COVID, you know, she just did not put her stamp on this tournament. Yeah, and I understand, you know, once she got COVID, and even you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, look down on her for this last match, you know. Uh, being isolated, quarantined, and, and depending on how um, hard, you know, COVID hit her, um, you know, she basically gets a pass. But just overall, even before she got sick, um, I don't think um, she performed to the levels that we've seen her perform, you know, whether with the Dutch team or um, as a number nine for Arsenal. Yeah, so so I think it, it seems the consensus seems to be that she had you know, symptoms um, that meant that she was out for two games. Um, so it's it, it. I mean, in in terms of the tournaments, although the games have been really good, you can imagine how much better they might have been had Pateas been available for Spain and and um, Katoto not ended up injured and Amidama not had COVID. Um, I mean, obviously there are plenty of other players, and we'll talk about some of them as we go through, but. That's, that's quite a lot of big names or talented players to, to lose. Um, so let's, let's we'll come back to France when we talk about semifinals because um, because you know, clearly if they could score goals they are incredibly dangerous. Let's um, let's, let's kind of touch on Spain against England. Um, I, I know that you're kind of very happy that uh, Spain are in the tournament, but you know in many ways there were some parallels with the France Netherlands game in terms of. You know the, the 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 team probably with slightly more 
um, ability in terms of holding onto the ball. Maybe Spain are slower than, than, than France in this respect, but they certainly had a lot of possession. And, um, you know, I think, uh, well, where, where, where do we start? Uh, I, I think the first half, you know, Spain had gone in a couple of goals ahead. Then England, I don't think, could have complained. As it was, they only ended up scoring early in the second half. And um, I think the, the chance was created by Del Castillo, who then, then succeeded in making uh, Rachel Daly look like the left back that she isn't, apparently. <laughs> but apparently she plays a forward for, I think, it's Houston Dash, I think I read somewhere. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then- yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure well, when I sl- slowed down the replays for, uh, you know, a couple of uh, encounters between uh, Del Castillo and, and Rachel Daly, Pretty sure I saw her soul leave her body a couple of times and then go back in. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, she 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 made a meal, you know, out of the, those encounters. Yeah. Uh, and, and she, I, I think it was her almost scored with that chip that uh, the uh, England goalie, Mary, uh, uh, yeah, who, who, comes, who plays for Manchester United, it so happens. Um, she managed to just about keep out. Um, I, th- I thought uh, England looked... There was, something happened, and it could have been around the changes, because uh, England, I thought, looked much better with uh, Rousseau and, and heading up the attack, and and Alex Greenwood, um, who is from Liverpool, uh, pl- playing uh, at left back, um, and they also brought on, I think, uh, wing uh, a different winger. They took off Mead, brought on uh, Chloe Kelly. I thought she created created more problems for them, and and it's so it's hard to know whether it was the changes or whether it was. Spain decided they could hold on, um, which they nearly did, frankly, um, to to the to the one nil. Um, I, I think it was a combination mm-hmm. of, of of the two. Um, you know, I think a couple of players really had bad matches uh, or, or bad match, bad performances. Um, me, I mean, she was. Um, I think in the first half, you know, she, she was not. Tracking back because um, uh, the right hand side was just troublesome for England, and I felt like uh, um, Lucy Bronze basically just you know took the brunt of everything uh, going on that side. And um, again, um, White as a number nine, she she wasn't doing much. Um, I think she had maybe. Uh, a chance and again you know just doing a quick comparison with uh Bernard you know it, it just felt like you know her aim was off when it comes to headers yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah I think you know the, definitely the the changes you know in the second half helped England and I mean we saw what happened uh when it went into extra time um but yeah I mean it, it was you know if if if, if again, if results are, you know, just the uh, outcome of performances, yeah, Spain should have won. Um, but then it's just sometimes it's it's luck. Sometimes it's, you know, teams that lack lack players. You know, uh, influential players like, uh, um, uh, Pateas, You know, um, just. But uh, the, the the number nine that came in, I forgot her name at this point, of course. Um, oh, for England, for uh, Spain. Spain. I thought I thought she was she did pretty well. She plays for um, 
not Atletico. Um, sorry, I, I forgot her name. Uh, but I thought she did well. I thought she had a couple of chances. Um, and, and, and I was just wondering, like, I think the coach started with a number nine, which is, again, was different from the rest of the matches in the tournament. But I thought the substitute that came in towards the end of the match and at the beginning of um, the extra time, I thought she was better just from a movement perspective. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find her name. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't recall who, who that was. Cause I, I, so I, I thought that, that sort of Spain felt like they got kind of less effective. I thought it was the game went on. Um, you know, once, once England scored, I don't recall too many uh, op- opportunities. Um, I, I, a couple of things I was going to ask you about, though, if you, uh, yeah, please find the name of who the, the player, uh, the number nine. I'll, I'll find her. A couple of thoughts, though. Um, Spain seemed very aggrieved about the first goal, feeling that uh, Jose Paredes was fouled um, by uh, by Russo. Um, what, what were your thoughts about that? I mean, it's one of those things that could go either way. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's not. It, I've seen it given before. Um, I mean, you know, just the the, the first incident that pops in my head was uh, a Liverpool match, I think a couple of years ago, where the same thing kind of happened. Um, not, not not the same thing, but a similar thing happened to Lovren. Some player pushed them. Yeah. And, and I can't remember who it was against. Uh, it was a, a, a Premier League match. Uh, just give him like a, a shove or something like that. And, 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 you know, VAR looked at it and actually um, disallowed the goal. So it could have gone either way. Um, but again, it, 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 things happen so fast and, and those types of things, you know, um, just going back to our, uh, you know, um, issues with VAR, you know, the ref might not see it, but I'm sure, you know, they check pretty much every goal. And I'm sure, you know, they, they see it the same way we see it, you know, on the replays, slowed down, all of that stuff. Um, but to me, yeah, it could have gone either way. Um, I wouldn't have had an issue with it if it was given as a foul. But, you know, again, just some blunder by VAR. The, see, I'm not sure what you're going to get from VAR. I thought early in the tournament they were doing great and then it started taking five minutes, not almost literally five minutes over some of the calls. And, well, we'll touch on it. I, I know you didn't see the Sweden uh game and I'd forgotten about it when we first spoke but uh, how I'm not sure Blackstinius was offside in that game against Belgium um, it looked to me like they'd drawn the lines wrong but uh, anyway we're off on a VAR t- tangent which is never a good place to be um, yeah. uh, I, I think Esther Gonzalez was the number nine you, you mentioned yes right. it, it uh, came on and then um, obviously England scored uh, what, what in England, people are thinking is like one of the greatest goals ever seen. Um, I think when we talked about it, um, some question marks about the defending, about how much space she <laughs> was given and allowed to run. I know. Everyone was tracking back. Mm-hmm. It was just like, what are you guys doing? You know, someone should step up to her. But I guess, you know, they were trying to, you know, I think you uh, mentioned it in our chats or something like that, that they were trying to cover, you know, the wingers or, you know. 
I think I think that's what I think was going on. Yeah, it wasn't that they were like, oh, just let her run. They were like, she's going to give the ball to somebody who's really dangerous, and and and, and in the moment, it discounted the fact that she could be dangerous. So. Right, right. Yeah, it was you know um, one of those things. I mean, I, to be honest, you know, you mentioned that I'm I'm, I'm happy Spain is not in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but I would have been fine if they won, um, just because I thought. The way they controlled that match, um, I think they deserve um, to win. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of England, by the way. So. Right. <laughs> it's like I didn't know. I didn't have a team to root for. I was just trying to enjoy the football itself. So, 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 so final thing we'll say about Spain. Um, that Bon Marte looks a really, really great player. I, I heard um, Michael Cox of the Athletic suggest that she may be the best player in the tournament at this point. Um, given you know, there's no Pateas, for for example. Um, but she she looked really really good. Um, you know, a bit she of a did. shorter run on on the other games. Um, I'll I'll just summarize the the Sweden Belgium game. I, I it, it it felt to me like Sweden struggled in this one. Um, but I kind of went back and looked at the stats, and they actually had 33 shots to Belgium's three. Belgium didn't have oh. one on target. Um, and, and I think one of the big differences was that the goalkeeper, Belgium's goalkeeper, was outstanding. And apparently, she's so that you know they do that expected goals for goalies versus actual. She she is she, she's kind of plus nine in the positive in terms of goals that she has wow. Belgium avoid. And I think that probably puts into context that probably Belgium were the weakest team in the in the last last eight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, Sweden had to rely on a last minute goal. Uh, which came from the defender Sembrandt, um, but honestly, there was the offside goal. But there were so many chances where it felt like, uh, you know, somehow it all ended with Everard on the ball and and like the forwards looking around, not understanding why the ball hadn't gone in. So, so I think uh, Sweden, you know, may be in better shape than perhaps the the, the result against Belgium uh, suggests. Mm. Um, well, let's 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 finish off quarterfinal review. And talk about uh, Germany, Austria. Um, again, with the benefits of hindsight, it felt at the time that uh, you know Austria really were in this game. And then you kind of go back and look at the key moments. You know, so 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 at least one of the because they hit the woodwork three times, Austria. Mm-hmm. At least one of them, you know, hit the top of the bar. I think <laughs> it wasn't you know, so it wasn't that close. Uh, it wasn't like the Cascarino shot, which cannon back. Like kind of you know, diagonally across the, uh, the 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 penalty box. So what 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 was your take anyway on the on the, the Germany Austria game and, and and who stood out for you? Yeah, I mean another great match um, to watch. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Germany, you know, just like they've always been, um, you know, just a machine. Um, uh, good defender uh, defenders. Um, in the middle, um, you know, uh, pop, you know, up front is, is, you know, pretty prolific. Uh, you know, what, what the, the second goal was just, you know, that was her third goal um, in the same way where she would, you know, it's like, you know, a team trying to play out the back to give it to the goalie and then she rushes the goalie <laughs> and they hit it against her. I think, you know, uh, you know, 
the commentator said it said that that was the third time she did that, which is amazing. Yeah. And the way she's built, she's just, you know, she's um, very tall, um, very athletic. Um, and again, I think they're a top scorer, four goals. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was uh, you know great to watch. Uh, I thought the goalie for Austria was pretty good too. She plays in the WSL, by the way. I think for I'm trying to remember which team, but, but I know she plays in the. Um, I do recall that the uh, uh, one of one of the uh, top teams here. Um, but you know, I thought she she did well, except for you know that gaffe, which you know happens. I mean, best goalies do it all the time, <laughs> Zach Stefan. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, just in line with the rest of the matches where it's close games and and even the better teams you know struggle at times to close the matches out. So I enjoyed watching it. Um, there's another player uh, for um, Germany, uh, Bull. Um, Clara thought, Bull, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's. I, I thought she was. She was really good. Yeah. Um, Although I'm sure she'd have loved that chance at the end back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can, bad for, uh, bad for her getting dragged off because obviously it was premeditated. It wasn't. They took her off because she missed. But I know. It's a good way to leave. I know. There were a few few misses like that throughout the tournament where it's just like point blank and it just goes the uh, other way. I saw a couple in, in the other tournament, actually, which uh, no one is talking a lot about. Um, Afghan, uh, the women's Af- Afghan, uh, plenty of misses like that where it's just, you know, open goal sometimes and, 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 and you know, uh, the player just misses it and goes, you know, either over uh, the post or to the side or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Timo Werner does it on a regular basis, and I'm sure he's played <laughs> a lot more than any of these people. But uh, <laughs> um, Manuela Zinsberger is the uh, Austrian goalie, and, and apparently she plays for Arsenal, which I did not know. I thought she played in, in here in the States. Uh, it, it, according to uh, Wikipedia, it says she played plays for Arsenal. Oh. Huh. Right. Uh, we'll fact-check that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the commentators, not only once, but a couple of times, say that um, she plays in the States. But, but, but could, yeah, so so I guess there's a difference between WSL and NWSL. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, um, before we're done, um, we'll take a quick look ahead at the, the games this week. Um, I, I noticed you were going to make some mention of kind of. I don't know, winners and losers in the tournament. <laughs> so yeah. Controversial. <laughs> but. Yeah, I was, so I, I you know, I, I was in two, uh, you know, just items when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, being impressed, basically. So uh, there's the left winger of uh, Iceland, uh, John Stotter. Uh, she plays for Wolfsburg. Um, and she is, pretty uh, just amazing to watch I, I i watched her the first time actually in the she believes tournament i think it was a few months ago here in the in the states yeah um uh, pretty fast uh pretty skilled um young so her finishing touch is not there but i think 
Jesus has like a, I mean, I hope, you know, it remains or it goes that way. She's going to have a bright future. Um, and then uh, Lucy, Lucy Bronze from, from um, England, just an amazing midfielder. Um, I'm so glad that she's not. You should, know she's the right back. <laughs> you know, she's the right back. Yeah. <laughs> I know she yeah. plays, but. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm mentioning this because. Uh, I was I listened to a podcast this morning where someone was making a par- comparison between her and Trent um, in that, you know, they're very kind of influential in games, but because they often high up the pitch, they get blamed when they're, they're a problem. Yeah, they, they, they appear like they're midfielders or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, she's, she's just so versatile. And, um, you know, I think Barcelona, which I hate to say is getting a really good player. Yeah. Uh, and then just from a, a disappointment standpoint, um, obviously Norway, <laughs> the whole team and the coaching staff, I just, I had, it felt like they did not have a clue what was going on, how they were happening. And obviously their defense is, is <clears throat> uh, was in shambles, basically. Um, I, I just, I, I had higher expectations for them. Um, I did not see them losing eight nil to England. Um, (laughs) And that, uh, you know, you know, another, you know, just to dig in deeper, uh, uh, Ada um, Ederberg. Yeah. yeah, She's not, uh, I mean, this is a player who was a a Ballon d'Or winner a couple of years ago. Um, Mm. I just, I thought she did not perform again to, you know, uh, her levels at this tournament. And it could be, you know, just the fact that, you know, they were weaker behind her, but, yeah. you know, she just, she did not shine at all. Kind of like, I, 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 go ahead, sorry. I was saying, to be fair to her, I thought she was really influential in the Champions League final for Lyon. Um, she, she was. That's why I was, like, yeah. surprised that, you know, she was uh, not um, as visible as yeah. what we're used to, basically. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, from a disappointment standpoint, just uh, <laughs> Wendy Renard's aim as the tallest. I think she's the tallest player in the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Judy, uh, Julie Foudy described her as eight foot tall. I'm pretty sure she's not eight foot tall, but no, she's, she's not. <laughs> but I mean, she towers everyone, yeah. uh, you know, on the pitch whenever she plays. Um, and I get it, you know, it's it's uh, it's marking, it's all of that. But, you know, even in this last match in the quarterfinals, I think she had like four or five headers from, from corners. She was getting closer, though. I mean, that last save, I think, from Van Domsela was a pretty good one. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. you know, she's tuning up for the semis. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. And then she missed that penalty, which is, you know, everyone misses penalties. Yeah. But that was, I guess, her, her chance to score. Yeah, it was probably the follow-up miss that was probably worse, actually. Yeah, yeah, that too. But uh, defensively, she's she's fantastic. You know, I have nothing bad to say about her defense. Yeah. Well, the the, the English uh, commentary, um, I noticed we're trying to say bad things about the French defense, um, about them not looking that solid. But I don't know. Um, they conceded what a goal against a goal in each of the qualifiers, I suppose. And then when it mattered, they did not concede against the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll start with them then. Um, uh, French Germany, uh, 
do, you, do we think this follows the pattern of the Spain-Germany game where Germany sits a bit deeper? Uh, I thought one really interesting thing, and, and I'll, then I'll leave it to you to kind of give you give us a sense of what you think about that game. But uh, Latvine and Zabritz are both play for Leon, um, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what kind of influence that will have. Um, there are obviously a lot of Swedish players who play in the Women's Super League in England as well. Again, wonder what influence that will have. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's going to be any kind of influence when it comes to that, you know, club club uh, play. Um, I, I mean, this got these guys will kick the crap out of each oh, other. <laughs> so, so I think it was more about knowing like how people play, so that you know the, the there's less surprise factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see that, but I just I don't think um, it's going to be a big factor. Me personally, um, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, just in line with uh, the rest of the matches um, in the knockout stage. It's going to be a great match. Um, my my worry for um, France is something that we talked about. It's just um, the fact that they don't have good finishers and they're missing, missing um, a number nine. Uh, which is not an issue per se with Germany. Um, and that's, that's the only reason why I'm given Germany just a, a slight advantage. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll, you know, to be honest, I'll be, I'm going to be, uh, transparent. I'm going to be rooting for France just because, uh, they've been my team throughout the tournament. And, and because, uh, no pun intended. They're the only um, African team in, in in the Euros, so <laughs> that's why I'm them. I know if 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 any French um, you know viewers or listeners are listening, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. They're certainly a more diverse team than uh, well, like pick one, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think um, it, it on the face of Germany look a bit more solid than anyone France has faced so far. Um, so I think it will be a tougher test. And, you know, if they don't find a way to score, um, that, that, that's going to present problems, obviously, for Germany. Um, I did, did uh, hear some French pundit saying he was hoping for penalties. So I don't know if that means they're not very confident. Yeah, yeah that's what it um, looks like. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you think Germany in that one. Um, so uh, finally then, England, Sweden, um, I think we talked about this. Goals haven't come easily for Sweden. Um, although I think Blackstinius, who's one of those, uh, she thinks she plays for Arsenal, um, uh, looks looked really sharp to me. Um, I think you know England obviously have a lot of players who potentially can score, um, but I don't know. The, 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 they don't they don't seem the most mobile defense, and they play a very high line, so it's it's not like. You know, any and they're playing with with a Virgil Van Dijk or or, or um, someone like that. So for me, I think uh, Aslani, Rollo, and Blackstinius, uh, England really going to have to be aware of them um, because the more space they seem to have, the more dangerous they seem to be. They're not they're not great against the, like a low block, but but actually have been quite good against teams. Um, as we were, as you might recall from the Olympics, um, they beat the US. Um, in, in, in part, I think, because they had more space to work with than when they ended up playing Canada in the final, who defended pretty deep and ended up winning on penalties. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's not 
it, it might be, or, or, or my vision for that match is it's going to be closer to the Spain England match than anything else. Yeah. Uh, tactical. Um, and then you know Sweden um, more than I do, or you've watched them more than I've done. Um, but do they, do they like to keep the ball? Um, you know, I, do the tiki taka thing? Or... I, I think they're better uh, overall. So, you know, what's my sample size? Not big, right? There's not been that many games. But I think the games where they played, uh, like when they played against uh, Holland, Netherlands, for example, um, <coughs> excuse me, it seemed to me easier for them to play their game um, than when they played the game against Belgium, where they constantly had the ball and were mm-hmm. you know, trying to find ways to score. Uh, with a team that was sat quite deep. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that England is not going to do. Uh, right. They're not going to sit deep. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to be, you know, just yeah. uh, an open match and um, just looking forward to it. I I still give England the edge um, if it has. And probably it has nothing to do with just, um, you know, who the better team is, you know, obviously England, like you said earlier, has better strikers, uh, better goal scorers, but um, they also have um, the uh, home, you know, home team advantage or whatever. The crowd is behind them. Everyone wants it to come home, all of that stuff. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to affect Sweden by any chance uh, or any means, but um yeah, I just, I, I give England the advantage. Um, but I am, I'll be rooting for Sweden to win, I guess, on that one. Well, I, I think um, I, when we talked about it last time, like uh, Enrique said to the same that, you know, Sweden are a dangerous team. They've been in kind of quite a few finals. Um, so they've certainly had experience of that, um, which of the, I know that there are not many players of the other teams who've been in finals uh, recently. Now, I know Germany have won the tournament a lot, but not they've not won a recent edition. Um, you know, England, I think we know, have not won uh, any of the major tournaments. I think France have a victory somewhere in the past, but it's not with the again with the recent team. So, I, th- I think your point about the crowd is the crowd do seem to be more empathetic than the uh, men's crowd. Uh, have been <laughs> historically with the England team, which which you know, should should work in their favour. But um, yeah, so so you're favouring England uh, Germany final. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, that's, uh, that's that's how I see it. So we'll be we'll be back. We're gonna we'll probably do an edition, a special edition again next week after the finals, uh, where no doubt we'll be talking about the Sweden France final. Um, which will be an absolute <laughs> right. Hytham, it's, it's been lovely. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Paul. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share with a friend. Follow us at First Day Copites on Twitter. We only tweet and retweet from sources we think are credible. Finally, music is courtesy of Hypnotic. They're a Welsh electro pop band, and you can find them at https colon forward slash forward slash hyperfollow.com forward slash hypnotic. Hypnotic is H Y P E N O T I C. Thanks so much to them.